Again, we've used this a few times. I just wanted to use that for this launch tonight as well. Luke 17 and verse 26. And Jesus says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Verse 27. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And he goes on and he, and he tells us more. But he makes this comparison. He, he compares it uh, to the days of Noah. And he also compares it to the days of Lot, you know, and how it was. So there's some similarities there. And there are some common things that we've looked at many times in the past. But uh, he talks about that they were eating and they were drinking and they were married. And uh, I wonder if they, were obeying, if they were obeying what God had in mind during those things. That, that sounds very mundane, but uh, I dare to say that they were probably going against what God's desires were, as we know from other passages. Um, but Jesus leaks Noah's encounter here and Lot's encounter together. And so that's not... Uh, and, and Lot is Sodom and Gomorrah with the, the sins that were going on there. Now, if you look at uh, Luke 21, if you just turn over a little bit, I could say it might be 2016 when we get here on Sunday morning, so we can cheat ahead. But uh, <laughs> Luke uh, 21, verse 25, and, and there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, Men's heart failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. They shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Uh, what a command to us. I mean, just even reading it this time, it seems like every time I read it, something else hits me with a different impact. Uh, the waves roaring and the things that are out there. I think about hurricanes near Hawaii that haven't had, and who knows, you know, we think of the tsunamis, and we think of the, uh, the different things that we see happening in the ocean that, that come around. Now, I'm, I'm a proponent that as the news media gets all up in arms and stuff, that they just haven't studied weather long enough. But I also know that God is in charge of the weather, and God does uh, allow things and has protected us, but as long as we get away from him, we, we could lose that. Uh, Matthew 24 and 37 is the same thing. He, he lists um, many of the common things, and so it's in at least uh, two of the Gospels where we go through these things. Now, men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking at all those things coming on the earth. And so it's some strange things. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. I don't, that's, to me, I don't, there's a lot of mystery in that verse of what these things will be. And praise be to God, I don't think we'll be here uh, to see all the worst of this. Turn with me to Leviticus 19. Um, again, I'm building on stuff we talked about last week, but Leviticus 19 is law, and uh, I'm going to read this with not much commentary. We'll let the text comment for itself, and it's not passages that we often go to, and it's uh, they're difficult passages to read, but I would just say this in mind, and, and with knowing how litigious America is, as I said, you know, uh, we have a warning label on stuff for a reason. You, know, it's you always have to think, who did that? You know, like I said, I saw uh, in a little kiddie pool, they had a sticker in there, no diving. I'm thinking, well, who dove in head first you know, <laughs> into a kiddie pool? You know, that's, and it was one of those little blue ones that blow out of your yard. Or uh, do not juggle chainsaw. You know, it's like people do these things. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> all these things happen. They say the, the European list of directions is pretty small compared to the big law book that comes with all of our things. It's because you know, we're, we're very litigious, but uh, people do dumb things. Uh, watch YouTube. Uh, but uh, in Leviticus 19, these are laws made for reason. These are all after the flood that he's put these in there, and I think I would link the two. But uh, 
Uh, Leviticus 19, we'll start uh, verse 19. It says, You shall keep my statutes. They shall not let, uh, thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon thee. King James is great about saying, uh, taking a, a taboo kind of a thing and putting it in a, in a mundane way. And, the, it, and I don't think it's, uh, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. That's where I, you can read it as a child and not be offended. It's not things for you to handle yet. I think of Corey Timboom, you know, it's like, uh, you know, her dad says, you know, uh, she was worried about events and things, and she said, God will give you the strength when the time comes. I give you your bus ticket before you get on the bus. And so uh, he does it in that way. But with that being said, I, I do have to explain this a little bit there. It talks about uh, gendered, at least in, in, in my version. That's um, different. You know, it's a copulation uh, there, to use another $10 word. But uh, we'll come back, and we'll turn back one chapter, look to Leviticus 18. And this will give us some definition as we get to Leviticus 19 again. Look at Leviticus 18, verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Uh, Think of today. Uh, Verse 23. Neither shall thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereunto. It is confusion. I think the, the main part of that verse is right there. Perversion. Perversion. But it is perversion, and it is. It is confusion. It makes it is confusion. I think that uh, they've chosen a good word there. He uh, continues on. Verse 24, Defile not yourselves in any way uh, of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. Now remember, they're going into a promised land. There's a land that is perverse. You know, that uh, I think Satan had laid down a battlefield to try to make it wicked before they come in. to try to defile the land. And God says, I've cast them out. Verse and it's pretty neat, too. It wasn't all Joshua, and it wasn't all them. He sent in bees sometimes. It talks about the hornets going in, and it would drive out people. I think that's pretty neat how God would use things like that to drive out. And, and so it's, we'll be in Joshua on Wednesday, so I'll leave that. Uh, verse 25, and uh, the land is defiled, therefore I do visit the iniquity, therefore upon it. And the land itself vomiteth out the inhabitants. So even the land casts them out. Verse 26, uh, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own, na- any of your own nation, uh, nor strangers that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you, and the land is defiled. The land, uh, that the land spew not out you also uh, when you defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them, shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance, and uh, uh, that you commit not any one of these abomin- abominable customs uh, which were committed before you, and that you defile not yourselves where therein. I am the Lord your God. But again, I want to pull out that phrase in verse 23, it is confusion. Now turn back over to Leviticus 19, verse 19. You shall keep my statutes... Thou shalt not uh, let thy cattle gender with diverse kind. Don't let them interbreed as far as in, not cattle with cattle, but, but mingle in, in, in other things. It's, um, it's, it's, it's actually, in the, the word there is um, uh, crossbreeding, uh, to not mix the plants and to not mix the clothes. That's kind of the summary of this. Um, let not thy cattle gender with diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. You know, that's wheat and tares. You know, we, we have that theme throughout the Bible. That's supposed to be good, and we're supposed to know what's what. And neither shall a garment mingled with linen and, and woolen come upon thee. And there's some other implications with that that we're not going to talk about here tonight. But that's, it's not mixing things up. It's not confusing. God likes things in order. He likes things decently. Men are to look like men. Women are to look like women. You know, he, 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 God puts it this way. He's a God of order. He's a God of, of, of direct things. And he doesn't like there to be confusion bred. And not, 
uh, and things, the lines to be blurred. And yet, that's our society. We champion that. We love the blurred lines. Uh, look at uh, chapter 20, verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind, uh, Leviticus, in case they said Luke, Leviticus 20, verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Uh, their blood shall be upon them. If a man take a wife and her mother, it is wickedness. Thou shalt be um, uh, burnt with fire, both he and they, uh, that there be no wickedness among you. If a man lie with a beast, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall slay the beast. If a woman approach unto any beast and lie down there unto, uh, thou shalt kill the woman and the beast, they shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. And, and it goes on with other perverse things. And God is basically saying, we're, we're not to be that way. It is to be... Uh, distinct, like I said, rules are for a reason. So let's turn back to Genesis 6, uh, or to your left there. And again, we approached this last week. but uh, Genesis 6 and verse 1, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, verse 2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and and they took them wise of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man for he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And that's where we'll stop. Um, again, God's laws came after this, because there's a mixing here. You know, that, that should not have happened. It was not supposed to be there. Giants, as we talked about, you know, many of your Bibles might have Nephilim in there. It means the fallen ones, and so... Uh, and we talked about the fallen angels and the things that were going on there and how they've uh, done something they weren't supposed to. Uh, um, Jude uh, calls it Oketarion, that they shed their hat, house. They, they left their habitation. They did what they weren't supposed to do. Uh, and, and so that's an interesting study. I know we've, we've touched into it before. Uh, but he put this in the book of the law. He, and then this was here going on after that, but he put it on there after to stop it. A gene mixing, uh, it, it's wrong. Again, we talked about it being a stratagem of Satan. Uh, he knew that a seed of a woman was going to come. The seed of the woman was going to be the one who was his enemy that would destroy him. And so if he could stop, uh, pollute the race, and then they, many have thought, and I agree with him, that uh, this was one of his stratagems, that God says that Noah was perfect in his generations. And we looked at that last week. We looked at chapter 5 and the generations and how it tracks back to Adam and that he, there wasn't anything mixed in and able, God's able to rescue and, and uh, preserve the line. And so gene mixing, uh, um, it's, it's, it's hard to think about it, being back in, in uh, Genesis 6, uh, but uh, uh, there it is, you know, because that's something that we talk about. Is, is this true? You know, were there giants? Were there were these mighty men of renown there? Uh, turn with me to Amos. If you remember how we started last week, we started in Second Timothy about all Scripture. You know, is, is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine and, and for reproof. Uh, Amos, chapter two. We don't go there often. Joel, Amos. Uh, and we talked about every word in the Bible is. Absolutely true, and that God does not lie, God does not exaggerate, uh, um, and yet the world's kind of cast it in that way because it's always kind of like laughing about the Bible anyway, and so we kind of find ourselves embarrassed about some text. Uh, we should not be. Amos 2, we have uh, God speaking through Amos. Amos 2, verse 9, he says, Yet destroyed I the, uh, the Amorite before them, whose height was likened to the height of cedars, and he was strong as oaks. Uh, yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. Also, I brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. Here God says that they had the height of cedars and were strong as oaks. You know, we have an oak tree at our house. 
it's a strong tree. Oak trees of Europe, they're harder, stronger woods. And here he says that they're tall. They're tall like cedars. And I don't think God exaggerates. Uh, turn with me to Second Samuel. Second Samuel, chapter 21. Second Samuel, chapter 21, and verse 15. This is uh, David at, uh, as he's old. Uh, we know the Goliath story, so I'm not going there tonight. Um, but we know about Goliath and how big he is. We'll talk about him some later. But uh, I wanted to look, this is, this is David later in life. It wasn't this one fluke giant that he was out there, this one guy that we would think would be like uh, Akeem Olajuwon or somebody. But no, this is, this is a, a, an enemy that Satan used. Verse 15, uh, Moreover, the Philistines had yet, um, had yet war against the Israel. And David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines. And, da- and David waxed faint. He's older here. And so he, he's fighting with the Philistines and he doesn't have the strength that he used to. Verse 16, and Ishbishbinab, which was of the sons of the giant. You know, the giant is a, is a specific giant. His name was Rapha. Uh, we can look it up. And his descendants were called the Raphaim. And we'll look at them in the, in the future weeks. Um, but they were the sons of the giant. And the weight of whose spear weighed uh, 300 shekels of brass and weight. And he being girded with a new sword, I thought to have slain David. And so the giant's winning in this one. David's holding his own, which is pretty incredible. They think that David was only around five foot something. You know, he wasn't very tall, and he's fighting this giant. David still, as an old man, is pretty impressive, um, but needs some help. Verse 17, And Abishai, the, the son of Zeru, uh, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt not go any more out with us to battle, uh, that thou quench not the light of Israel. They're like, uh, we don't want you getting killed. Uh, you're old enough. You've done your time. You've led the way. You know, you stay home when we fight now. Verse 18. And it came to pass after this that there was again a battle with the Philistines at um, Gob. Then Sipabachi and then Hush, I don't know, these guys, slew Saph, uh, which was one of the sons of the giant, another one of Roth, Roth's, Roth's, uh, Roth's sons, uh, another one of, these, of this giant, verse 19. And there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines, and Elian, uh, the son of, oh boy, Jeragram uh, of Bethel the Might, slew the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. That's a, a big chunk piece of wood. And so he fights this other giant, verse 20. And there was yet a battle in Gath where uh, was a man of a great stature that had on every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number. And he was also born to the giant. And so he has this distinction, features of, of, of six fingers and six toes. And, and, and uh, verse 21, it says, When he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shammah, uh, the brother of David, slew him. Uh, these four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and uh, the hand of his servants. And so it's not just Goliath. It's Goliath and his four brothers. And we have the, their dad that is there. There's King Og uh, that we'll mention here in a little bit. And so there's many of these giants in the land. And this is after the flood. And so that's why Genesis said there were giants in those days before. There were giants after that. At least these mighty men of renown, these, these offspring, these hybrid race, I guess, that were there. And they're there always as enemy, always trying to fight Israel. Uh, and these were... Uh, Big men. Um, um, we'll go to some slides I got. Frog in a pot. I've been saying that lately. So I found this ancient experiment. Uh, many frogs were harmed in the, in the making of this. But it's the, the frog in the pot. Robbie and Virginia were telling me about a video they watched. Uh, I don't know. They might have produced it about a frog in a hot boiling pot would climb up the guy's arm. But the other one, they put it in there, slowly turned it up. And he said, he goes, I don't know how. But at the end of the video, they said no frogs, frogs were harmed. I'm like, mm, it seems like if he did this experiment right, he would boil to death. But, uh, but, you know, it's in there. It's gradual. The heat's gradually turned up, and we don't pay attention. I think those things are going on about us so that uh, we don't acknowledge the last days. I mean, Satan wants us to be unaware. Jesus keeps telling us, and, and Matthew and Luke, 
you know, to not be deceived, you know, to keep our eyes waking. As we go through, Paul challenged us to keep our eye, to be, to be you know, ready for the times, to know, to be busy about the master's business. Matthew, Jesus is telling us again that uh, the servant who was watching and waiting is the faithful servant. You know, the bride with the, her lamps trimmed and the candle burning and awake and know these things are coming, are prepared on that day when he comes. And, and honestly, I think there's some terrifying things that go with that that we'll get to later that uh, is scary for us as the church. And so, but uh, we're still... I have a group of men helping study with me on these things uh, before I present it to you because it is it's some, it's some scary and disturbing things. But uh, um, if we get on the next one, it's hard to see. It's going to be over by the guitar. It's a six-foot little skeleton there. That's a modern-day man. I'm 6'4", so that's six foot for scale. And so imagine me. So, so that's modern day. So we'll go to the next one. That's eight foot six. That's Maximus Thrax. He was Caesar of Rome. Maximus Thrax was uh, known uh, for his strength and his height. I mean, eight foot six, that's, that's a big guy. Um, to put it in mind, Michael Jordan is 6'6", uh, 216 pounds when he played basketball at his prime. Uh, Magic Johnson was 6'9", 255 pounds. Shaquille O'Neal, he was 7'1", 350 pounds. Man, he's a big boy. Uh, <laughs> Yao Ming from China, he was 7'5", 293 Manute Bull, it was 7'7", 240 pounds. You know, so we have some giants in our days, but I don't know, I'm not saying that they're anything. They're, they're men, just big men. Goliath, uh, I think he's coming. Well, I'll talk about Maximus some more. So Maximus Thrax, he could outrun a horse. We're talking about, he is, you know, not like a lumbering giant. You know, I remember watching Rick Smith, you know, it's kind of like, is he going to get back down the court? You know, you kind of stay on one half and wait for them to throw the ball back. You know, this guy could outrun a horse. They said he could outpull a chariot team. You know, this is in the Roman history books. They said when he ate, he ate 40 pounds of meat a day and drank six gallons of wine. Uh, he was a big man. He came up from the ranks. He was a soldier that the people just all feared and put him in charge. Uh, that was Maximus Thrax. Go on to the next one there. Um, Robert Wadlow, he, he's a modern-day giant. He's 8 foot 11. He, he's one of the ones, he's a, called the gentle giant. He had a pituitary ground problem that, that made him grow and be big. The poor man, he said he was super nice. I, I think I read that they had Christian testimony. But he died at a very young age because he was walking in a parade. And his shoe, he had a special-made shoe because his feet are giant. Uh, but uh, it scratched his foot. He got an infection. He didn't know about it. He got an infection in him, and it killed him. Matter of fact, Meredith Clark Funeral Home in Morgantown has one of his shoes, and so it's, it's on there displayed sitting. It could be used as a casket. You know, but it's a big shoe. So we think about giant people today, and there are giant people today. I remember seeing uh, Sally, what's her name there? Sally, yeah, Alan. Yeah, I remember seeing her at Steak and Shake when we were kids. She took up two tables. I mean, well, she took up one table, her labels, legs over to another table. She's big, and she's not an athlete, you know, by any stretch of the means. She can barely move around in that way. And so, and these other tall people are like that. Maximus Thrax, he was, he was fit. Let's see what the next one there, That's actual picture. No, that's a drawing of, of him out, out running a, a horse kind of to scale. They're going to the next one. Um, Goliath, there he is, nine foot six. He's a foot taller than him. That's what uh, and they estimate at nine foot six from the Bible. He'd have been around 850 pounds. Ooh, Shaq is just a little boy compared to him, right? So, so and then these are, that's some in history that we have going, Joel. Uh, next one, Og, king of Bashan. He's mentioned in the Bible several times in there. They found his bed. His bed was 13 foot long. They kept it kind of like a freak show today. When they went in, overtook the land. When they defeated Og, the king of, uh, there it's mentioned uh, Deuteronomy 3.11. I know he's mentioned several other places. Og is mentioned not only in the biblical record, but in other records as well. His reputation went up before him. 12 foot tall. You know, and, and that, that's, that's, a big, that's a big guy. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's big. Go on. Uh, 15 feet. Uh, the skeleton was found in the 1950s. Fifteen foot. 
Man, that's, boy, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, look at it compared to six feet. I mean, like twice as high. Well, more than twice as high, if I do my math. <laughs> uh, 1906, in 1577, it was underneath an oak tree uh, that, that fell over. They found this giant skeleton. Apparently, he's missing an arm. No, I, they were in different orders. I like to put them in progressive order, so I went and <laughs> chopped it. Go on the next one. 23 feet in 1468 in France. It was beside a river that they found this skeleton. That's unfathomable. It would be that tall, but you notice there's more room to the right. Uh, go on, Joe. 25, 6 in 1613 in France near a castle uh, that they found this, this skeleton. 25, 6. I, I've got a book in my office back there from weird things, especially, and I liked all the ones in Indiana. In Indiana, New Harmony, and uh, up by the Great Lakes, they've found several different giant skeletons. But there's a whole conspiracy you can look into. It's called the Smithsonian Gate. Whenever they would call, they would call to give them the Smithsonian, put in the museum. They just took them all away because it does not fit into evolution. It can't fit into what they want to sell. That man started out as an ape, and he's getting bigger and stronger and faster. And so this throws it all off, and so they usually bury it. And there's one last one there, 36 feet tall. Uh, I think he was found in Carthage. And there's more. Like I said, I've got a book of, like, again, I just like weird and bizarre things. And so I've kept them since I was a kid, all these different stories of these giant skeletons that they find. You know, but they don't, the world doesn't know what to do with them. It doesn't fit in there. And yet the Bible makes these claims. And so if we look back through history, if we start looking at carvings and things that they have, I think, let's see if there's one before that one. Is that, or is that the next one? I can't remember what order. Okay, that's it. But this would be the, the Anunnaki, uh, if you... This is a, an ancient people. They always have something in the air, and they also draw the guys with the wings on the side. If you go to the next one, uh, if, I just, you know, double sets of wings on there with these faces. It was reminding me when we were reading through the cherubs and things that were there that these ancient people w- would scribe these things down. Go ahead, Joel. Uh, this guy is, uh, if you notice how big, that's a lion under his arm. <laughs> this is Gilgamesh. Have you ever heard of the Epic of Gilgamesh? It's out there. One of the oldest stories uh, that we have, and it was always been kind of. Assumed by the world that this is a fantasy story you know, about Gilgamesh, this giant, and, and the great feats that he did. If you go to the next one, this was his buddy. He found one other guy. It was his friend. So Gilgamesh is there throwing the line up in the air, and his buddy's riding this giant bull. And yet he's giant. His name is, uh, oh boy, I've got my notes here. In, in Rikinu, I don't know, weird names. Gilgamesh is hard enough. But this was his buddy, and they went around in all their adventures. You can read the Epic of Gilgamesh online. You can read the story as best as we have it. And it was always assumed that he was... A fantasy story, you know, until, uh, if you go to the next one, that's him with two lions they're throwing around. These are carved in the walls. They, they find them everywhere from where the Anunnaki were. Tomb of, tomb of Gilgamesh was found in 2003 by the British people, and uh, American military went over and took care over the area. They found his, uh, they found his tomb, um, said it was always presumed to be, and I saw many articles, this is the first one, but it was right there in Iraq, uh, right under and near the river Euphrates, where we uh, kind of expect it to be, and that's where it went. And so they found it, you know, in uh, August uh, 2000, oh, that's the posted August 2011, but in 2003 they found it, and I saw it, found it on several sites. If you go to the next one, Joel. Uh, Wild Bill Hickok, when he wrote about uh, the American Indians and his experience with them and the things that he saw, most of the American Indians, as a matter of fact, Lewis and Clark documented it too, that they told him to stay away from the red-haired giants. Um, a lot of people try to associate these with Bigfoot. I don't know, but, I, but they usually, they would say he was big, he was mean, stay away from them. He could run and catch a bull, a buffalo, and put it under his arm. And so are they exaggerating, or is, or is that a race there? I don't know, but Wild Bill, Hill, Bill Hickok put it down in his book, and you can read it online, too. I've read at least that chapter. 
the Romans reported about a couple of Germania giants that would came in and decimated one of their armies, and they thought they had it, and they were supposed to be as big as Goliath, these giant, you know, twice their size, and they were just berserk. If you've heard of the berserkers, these were guys that were just trained for war. This came in there and just totally decimated them. There's another story in Roman history. Uh, um, there's a femur bone. Again, this picture squashed, but you can't see. Compared to an average size guy, a, a bone that they found, and a, a few different museums have ones like that. Um, there's another one on the wall of a smaller guy defeating a giant. You know, that would make you the hero if you did that. I just remembered two more I forgot to put in there that I found out this week. I did not know the founding of London. Uh, the founders of London was founded by two giants in their history. Uh, their names were Gog and Magog. And every year they get them out and wicker to scale size and drag them through the city and march before them. But it's not covered very much because the churches don't like that they, that they like to boast that their founding of London, England was by these two giants, Gog and Magog. And the article I was, one of the articles I was reading was saying, um, you know, churches are embarrassed by it. We ought to change their names. But they claim that that's it, you know, that they have them there. Whether it's true or not, but uh, England has tons of giant stories. Not just. Gog and Magog. Russia, that is it, but that's where, um, I'm just telling you what, what London claims for themselves, that they get out and they celebrate, they have two of them in their, in a, in a, in a I can't, I don't want to say it's parliament, but one of their buildings, they have statues of them, and then they have these wicker ones that they get out and march down the street during um, an election day of some time, I can't remember it all, but, uh, and so that, I found that interesting, Joel, let's see what's next. Okay, and then, then there's this other thing. And so we have, we have that, we have those, those, the records from history, we have skeletons that are found, we have reported things in that way. And then the next thing I want to look at in two is what's called uh, uh, a mixing that's going on today, uh, that was going on back then. Um, where it went. Um, GMO, have you ever heard of that? Genetically Modified Organisms. Uh, where they start mixing kinds of food together. So that's like an apple with an orange inside. That's a Photoshop, I'm sure, but um, that kind of gets the picture for you. Um, genetically modified organisms. Uh, so I want to read, on the thing about this, I was on a health food site reading. So GMOs, genetically modified organisms, are also called GE or genetic engineering or GM foods, genetic modification. They are all the same. Um, and so then one of the paragraphs is, uh, haven't growers been grafting trees and breeding animals and, and uh, hybridizing seeds for years? Genetic engineering is completely different from traditional breeding and carries unique risks. And it says this, traditional breeding is possible to mate a pig with another pig to get a new variety. You know, you can kind of get a strain in that way. And I meant to get a picture. Have you ever seen the Super Bowl? He's one that looks like he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's all big and buff and, and that they genetically put this bull into this biggest thing, but I forgot his picture. But, this is, but it's not possible to mate a pig with a potato or with a mouse in natural means. But in genetics, it is. And that might sound outrageous, but I'm going to read you a list of things that they are doing. Um, and so that's where it's different. You know, you could breed kind with kind. God has that. And as Betty was saying, you could meet, uh, mate a horse with a donkey and, and, you, and you get a mule. And again, but that's horse kind after horse kind. That's the same kind. Yeah, yeah and then the mule is sterile. You know, and so it, it's, it's deficient and, it, and it's lost that. Same way you can take an Alaskan rabbit and a Florida rabbit they're both rabbits, but they can't reproduce together. But if you took an Alaskan rabbit with an Indiana rabbit, they could mate, or an Alaskan rabbit, or a Florida rabbit with an Indiana rabbit, they can. But the, the strains have been strained out so far that they can't. But they're still the same kind, and so it does that way. You don't have rabbits mixing with other things. But uh, genetic engineering is different. And they use viruses or bacteria to infect animals and plant cells with different DNA. Uh, the DNA uh, is often, they, they coated DNA onto these tiny metal pellets, and then they fire it into, with a special gun into the cells. Uh, they might also inject DNA into fertilized eggs with a very fine needle. And uh, they also use electronic shocks to try to blast uh, 
uh, the membrane over um, sperm to, to force new DNA in there. Um, what combinations have been tried? It's not like what could they do or what might they do. What have they done? Here's what they have done. They mix spider genes with goats. Uh, spider goat. <laughs> and hopes that his milk would contain spider webs that they could use to make bulletproof vests. And so they're trying to use these genetic mixing to make some other product. Uh, cow genes were mixed with pigs to make the pigs have cowhide so that they could then use the pig not only for that, but also use his hide in the leather markets. Jellyfish were bred into pigs uh, so their noses would glow in the dark so they could find them. So, you know, that won't happen in nature. You know, I don't... Uh, Arctic fish genes were given to tomatoes and strawberry. Fish into your tomatoes and strawberries. And the hope was with these Arctic fish that they would then be resistant to cold. I don't know about you, but I don't want a fish tomato or a fish strawberry. Um, potatoes that glowed in the dark when they needed watering. Uh, how about if they're wilty? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> human genes were inserted into corn. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to eat human gene corn. You know, that, uh, that sounds wrong on all kinds of levels. We just went through some verses in Leviticus where he says, do not mix your crops. Do not mix these things together. God puts it as a line in the sand. Do not do it. It is an abomination. In America, we're like, hey, does it make us more money? Let's go for it. Most of the world bans all this. America doesn't. Um, and, and some levels, as far as feeding it to the public. We're fed it, or the other countries still do it, but they don't feed it to the, to the people. Um, sugar cane, engineered with human genes. Uh, and that's done in Hawaii. Uh, corn, engineered with jellyfish genes. I, jelly corn, uh, jelly beans. I don't know what they're making. <laughs> uh, tobacco with lettuce. Uh, rice, uh, engineered with human genes. Again, that doesn't say why they're doing it, but it's Dowie, Lanco, companies like this that are doing it. Uh, corn, engine- engineered with hepatitis. Uh, virus. No, thank you. Um, But but it says, you know, um, what GM foods out here in the United States, uh, most of our soy, 94% is genetically modified. Cotton, 90%. Canola, sugar beets, corn, Hawaiian papaya, uh, squash, uh, acres of it. We're eating it all the time now. If we have Roundup, and I'm, you know, Roundup corn that we know around here, it's it's made to be genetically uh, resistant to uh, the weed killer they spray on there. So we you know, we get it. We get it from the, the plants that are the animals that eat those foods, and it comes down that way. There's another name they have for it. It's called Frankenfood. I don't, so that's what they're, they, they mix these things together where they're just trying to genetic. I like to have these rambling going. Let's see what another one was. Yeah, that's not, that's a, again, that's Photoshop. But again, I don't want fish mixed into that. And they're trying. They are doing these things. Going to know, and that was, that's a true strawberry, but I forget what it was. I also saw another one the other day where they cross a pineapple with a strawberry uh, to get that way. You know, they're, they're trying, it's like the door's been opened wide, but I think once we cross a line, how far is it? You know, uh, you can't put this back, you know, and God has said specifically from his law not to do that. We looked at it in Leviticus in multiple chapters, not to cross this line. What would make us different, what would align us with the days of Noah? And I think this was one of those things, that we are genetically modifying things that we're not supposed to. And again, I think God within the kind doesn't mind that. God put variety within us, and he does that. That's the way we have the Labradoodles and all the different toy dogs, you know. They're still dogs, you know, but it's when they cross that, that wasn't good enough, you know. Goat with a spider, you know, that's just bizarre stuff. Yeah, and so we're not even done. We're just, uh, uh, yeah, there you go. And so that was some of the things on there were like, bite the food before it bites you. I don't, do I have one more? Yeah, Frankenfood. You creepy. Um, if you want to look at it, look at uh, Netflix. I haven't watched it. I don't want to watch it. I think it'll just make me mad. But Monsanto, if you search anything about Monsanto that's out there, it's, uh, uh, they're trying to leak. It's, it's all for profit. You know, that's what's all. It's just, and let alone whatever else they're doing to us. And, and who knows it? And they know what we eat. It resides and stays within us. And a lot of this genetic stuff, it comes, once it's in you, it's there and it begins to, I don't know. 
You know, it makes you wonder about all these different things that we see today that I don't remember ever seeing as a kid. You know, that we have all these kids that are sick with, uh, I forget what, autism. And we have all, you know, is it from this? I don't know why it wouldn't. You know, all the steroids and everything else we pump in there? I don't know, but God told us not to cross that line. And so the next one, I think, Joel should be a circle. Yeah. Um, that is the logo that you'll probably get more and more familiar. It looks like it you know, should be you know, for a printer or something like that, but that's for um, transhumanism. That's the other thing. They're not even happy with mixing the plants together. They want to mix mankind with things. It's called transhumanism. They want us to be the next step. Some of the other names for it is um, posthumanism. That they think we're they're trying to help man out to evolve past this current state into the next state. Uh, chimera is another one. Uh, parahuman is another term that they use for it, where they're trying to genetically engineer men to be on their next phase of what's coming up. Um, and here's where I've got the. Uh, let's look at a couple here, Joel. Um, Modifying mankind, transhumanism. There's a lobbyist group out there for transhumanism. It's on the move in the United States. It's um, not only mixing us with mechanicals. You see several things about that where it's tried, and I'm not talking about replaced hips or things like that. It's, um, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. There's a guy in Europe that's embedded things in his mind with the, uh, opens his keys. It, it goes in a lot with the chip technology. A lot of times when people study the mark of the beast, this guy comes up. He has medical records in his hand, all this stuff. He can just hold his hand in front of the door. It'll open for him. It only, his gun only fired for him. And there's more things marketing towards that. So guns only marked and modified for the police officer. So the police officer can fire, but if it gets taken away, it won't work. And a lot of it makes sense, but there's a lot of it where God says some of those things are coming in the end and we need to be aware. Um, what was another one? That's the cover of uh, uh, Transhumanism, uh, yeah, Transhumanism Magazine. I can't remember all the categories. But it's implantation with all these different devices. It's, it's uh, taking mankind and, and mixing him with machine, uh, trying to upload him. I, uh, I think that's probably... Let me, let me read something else. Here's what... Uh, uh, U.S. super soldiers of the future will be genetically modified transhumans capable of superhuman feats. Um, DARPA, and DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. That's our defense agency that's out there working. Um, they are working on getting soldiers of the future with genetically modified transhumanisms, transhumans capable of superhuman feats. Um, it talks about them here. It says uh, uh, they want a soldier that will run faster than Usain Bolt. Uh, it says DARPA's working on that. They want a soldier that won't eat food or sleep for days. DARPA's working on that. They want a soldier that can regrow his lost limbs like a lizard. Uh, DARPA is working on that. Uh, do you want a soldier that can outlift an Olympic weightlifter? Uh, they can do that. Do you want a soldier that can communicate telepathically? They have technology in the works for that as well. And it goes all this stuff. It talks about uh, these superheroes, these mutants, uh, fighting a war. But it all, and this article goes on to say, but at what cost? Um, the Daily Mail uh, has an article about DARPA, and it says uh, they're working on these things right now. It says, and the fact that DARPA has actually allowed these projects to be revealed in the mainstream media probably means that development stage is nearly over and they are ready to convince the wary public to accept them. And it all comes through gene manipulation again, just like we were talking about with the plants. They're doing that. They're trying to mix them with, with animals. They're taking, uh, they had a rat that they uh, took a heart muscle and they were able to modify its genes to all be like that. They said it could run for an hour without being tired. It could eat whatever it wanted and not, um, not ever get fat. It was always fit and ready and ready to go. And they're saying they think you can market to the American public like that. You know, oh, if I can have a pill that makes me fit and ready to go all the time, America would take it, no problem at all. Uh, most gene modification techniques involve placing genetic modified DNA inside a virus and injecting that into the human body. The virus then enters the human cells and as modified DNA attaches itself to the human DNA inside those cells. But they say merging men with machines or messing with the very fabric of life is the kind of thing that science fiction movies are made of. Unfortunately, if we make a serious mistake, we can't just get up and turn off the movie. The mistakes we could make could stay with us indefinitely. 
um, and, and it goes on and on. And, that, and that's the things that we're doing. That's the things that our government is doing and that they're in favor of. Um, have you seen that? Growing human ears on animals. They're starting to mix, mix the flu together. They have, uh, I think I have an article, so we'll go ahead. Uh, post, uh, part human, part animal hybrid monsters are being created in scientists all over the world. The next one gives us a little thing. Scientists have created more than 150 animal hybrid, have created, not like will create, have created uh, embryos in British laboratories. We have stricter rules on this end. Uh, we're allowed to do it, but they kill them after 14 days. Uh, we have a life built on death, no matter how we put it. You know, it's, uh, who knows what these things are. But, but hybrids have been produced uh, secretly over the past three years by researchers looking to possible cures for a wide range of diseases. It's always with good intent and always with good purpose. Uh, they're trying and genetically modify eggs to help cure cancer. Uh, they want to start getting some of the virus vaccines inside bananas that just feed you a banana and it's supposed to fight. But then now you've got this banana breeding all these viruses out there. That, uh, again, they don't have to control these things. Um, the revelation comes after a day of committee of scientists um, the Planet of the Apes kind of scenario in which work with human-animal creations goes too far. That was another article, Jill. Um, the past two years, scientists have created pigs with human blood, uh, fused rabbit eggs with human DNA, and injected human stem cells to make paralyzed mice walk. You know, it seems like miracle cures and things that are going, but we seriously want to crossbreed men with animals. Did we not read about that in Leviticus, that we're not supposed to be doing it? You know, they're not... Um, the Bible told them not to lay that way, but again, we are bypassing all that and putting it there. Um, Sarah was uh, studying something innocuous. Next thing you got a transhumanist site, because you sent me a link and I read it, and that they predicted not too distant future that all babies were growing outside a mother, you know, in a foreign uterine. You know, so again, the stuff is science fiction, but the things that they are trying to do. I can't remember if I have anything else, Jill. Oh, I just want to put that on there to show as we get towards the end time. Um, this is an Israeli newspaper uh, from July, uh, July 15th up there. Their God changes the path of our rockets in midair, says the terrorists. It's like they said, literally, if you read the article, uh, Adam sent me a link to one that talked about it. They launched it. It was dead set. It was going to give the most, uh, been the most damaging attack in the war and all this stuff. But a strong breeze picked up and pushed all the rockets out into the sea. It's like, Ezekiel talks about that. <laughs> How God will protect them and spare them so that he'll wake his people up to let them know. Um, I've always kind of wrestled, is, is that war in Ezekiel uh, before the rapture or after? I'm leaning towards before now as I'm seeing these things, and I haven't gone yet. But <laughs> I think that the, the time is getting late, you know, and the time is drawing near as we see those things. Uh, in the Left Behind book, uh, if you guys remember that, Tim LaHaye talks about it, and that Buck says just coming from somewhere and just talking about the, that war. And so that'll put you in mind of what we're talking about there a little bit. And then there's the scary thing is you start thinking about, okay, we have genetic mixing. We've seen it with plants. We've seen it with uh, uh, human with animals, human with plants. And I'm just going to make a reference here. Again, it's, it's not a book in the Bible, but I, I, I didn't know this until I began studying it. But the book of Enoch, the book of Jasher, the uh, book of Jubilees, uh, there's a book of giants that they have out there. They're non-biblical books, you know, but they're considered history. But in the book of Enoch, it talked about the angels and some of the things that the curious things that they were up to that God sends the flood in the book that it puts it that way, that they were crossbreeding animals with plants and things like that. And to read it, mankind's always scoffed at this is a book of it's a fantasy book. That can't happen, it would never happen. To us, it's not shocking. We just read that we are doing it, that we are crossbreeding, that those Egyptian drawings you know, with animal heads on people, you know, is it was it fiction or you know, or the bizarre stuff that God comes in and says, I went into that land and I took those people out for you. Don't you do those same things? I don't know. I don't know how far to go, but I know it's enough that I know it's wrong and we're not supposed to be doing it. And we've just been the frog in the pot and we've let it go on around us and we've just not been aware of it. Oh, it's just an interesting story in the news. And we've not seen it. Ezekiel 3, as Tim and I were talking, the watchman on the wall. It's finally got to the point, and I've been studying this since I was 14, 15, you know, the end time scenarios and the things that are going on. It's to, like I said, it's a scary thing. Mike was telling me about a news story that 
uh, he listened to this week, a guy uh, was talking, he was talking about the angels versus the, uh, the Sethite view, and he said the guy leaned towards the side of the angels, but he said he said it in a, most, in a way that he didn't want to be, don't, don't lock me into it too much, in that way, kind of very, uh, very uh, uh, vague way to say it, because it's fear what we're going to get from science, and fear what we're going to get from the world. They mock us for saying the world's 6,000 years old. They mock us for believing the Bible anyway. I say we stand with, the, with God's Word and what He says, and take it, and, and have our eyes open, and see these things that are coming upon the world, and, and say it's, it's wrong, and to sound a warning, and let people know the day is getting late. It's later than you think. You know, we're supposed to use this to motivate us. As we see the day approaching, we do not forsake the sending of ourselves together. No, it becomes something that we're going to be there. We're going to be reading. We're going to be studying. We're going to know what it is. We're going to be active about warning the lost. Next week, we won't have an evening service, but uh, there's more things to talk about. I'm just giving you a, a, one dose tonight. There's things at the Tower of Babel that men are tampering with today uh, that we want to look at. The Catholic agenda and the alien story together. Let's look and see what they're official stance is and why it is that way. They are doing things to be proactive in this agenda. They, well, I'm, you have to wait for it. I'll tell you there. And, and there's more things that are coming. It's just too much. I want to have quotes where I'm actually reading from their people and the things that they have and not just uh, giving you hearsay. But, but it's a terrifying thing. And then there's one, I'm going to have one other slide. And again, it's, it's a, a reported story. And again, it's one of them that's supposed to be in a cover-up. I, I, I put it out there for you, but it's, it comes from our troops that are over in Afghanistan. And it's a special uh, group. And, and this one guy wrote another guy and gave him this letter. And, and he tells him the things that he had. And it basically was, they were called in to take on a giant. And there was an artist rendering what it was. He had six fingers, six toes, and it took a whole team of special forces to get him. But they said that was in, in Afghanistan. Again, not an actual photograph. Uh, I can't even verify if it's, it's true or not, but I know we're never going to see it in the, in the, in the, in the, the media that's out there. But there have been, um, have been reports here and there that um, people are seeing strange things. And so, but, but, and again, I can't even get it. I wish I could verify all these things to say it, but I just put it out there that that's, that's going People reporting that that's going on, and so it doesn't surprise me. That's the area in which it would happen uh, and where it would be. But it says there were in those days and there after that, uh, and I've got a passage in Isaiah that we don't have time for tonight, but uh, uh, it would go better with when I talk about Babel and the things that are going on there um, that we have going on today. Um, It's just, as we see these things, like I said, we're supposed to be awake. We're supposed to be warning. Um, We're supposed to have comfort. Uh, that we won't be here for the worst of it. First uh, Thessalonians tells us, you know, that we're, uh, the, the rapture happens, and after us comfort one another with these things. Rap, uh, Revelation three, he says he'll keep us from that uh, that tri- time of testing that comes upon the whole world. That's the only thing that it talks about. Um, but I would say this: I don't want to be an apathetic Christian when he comes. I don't want to be a, eh, we'll play it safe and I'll keep my cards closed and I don't want to be too out there. Um, we're to be the watchman on the wall. And if we think it's coming, and we think it's coming, and we think these things are happening, when we see the things in the weather, when we see the things that are going on and the earthquakes, and we look at it, we should take it and, and put it all together and see how it is. God does control these things. God does allow things, too. And so we need to be warning them. I think it's God's wake-up call, 9-11. I think it was God's wake-up call. Wake up, America. Your borders aren't as safe as you thought they were. You know, he lets these things through. Um, the other things that are going, Russia, with the things that we have with Russia, it's right there, as Buddy was saying, Gog and Magog. That's that battle coming down and the thing to have that all thrown back, to have the people in the Middle East there all surrounding um, Israel, all coming back into power, coming back in that way. We're looking for Assyria to, to get back. They're fighting to have a nation and, uh, and seeing those things happen. There's a lot that is going on, and we need to be awake. We need to be watching. We need to know that the hour is late uh, and that our redemption is drawing nigh, that the time is coming, because now's the time to say things. We just sang about the power in the blood. You know, would we go out and say something? There's power in the blood. Do you have the courage? Do I have the courage? No. 
I have confidence in him. I have his courage. I have what he said behind him. And I can say what he said with confidence, that God does not lie. And the more I read it, the more I see how literal he is. And again, I will say, take none of this at Brian's. If, if you take my word at it, just my word, you fail. Uh, investigate. See for yourself. Search it out. Uh, read through these scriptures that I've given you tonight and look at more. Do the, most of us have computer Bibles on our phone. See where they're linked together. See how they cross-link together and see what else is out there. Look up transhumanism on your own. You know, am I blowing it out of proportion? Is that there? Look at genetically modified food. Investigate it yourself. And we'll all be growing our own gardens next year. Probably. <laughs> but look at yourself and see what's out there. Uh, see what we're saying about DARPA, about humans. Uh, they're trying to bleed them with snakes. Of all things, men with snakes so they could see in the infrared. You know, so they could see at night. But that's what I found when I started looking this up last week, uh, breed with cats and uh, owls, so that your eyesight is not... They want night vision, yep. Vision. Breed with cheetahs, so that you've got an enhanced agility, so you can run and you can jump and you can not fall down mm. and your balance is better. I saw all kinds of stuff that they're wanting to do, that they're planning on doing. Let alone if you look up DARPA, you get to see this little computer dog that they've made. It's terrifying to look at. It has no head and runs around. <laughs> super fast. Yeah. I was just thinking this is one more area that we as Christians are going to be apart from the world and they're not going to understand our view because they're going to look and they're going to say, well, don't you want the paraplegic person to be able to? Mm-hmm. Don't you want this? And, and, you know, because we can do this genetic modification, we can help people with you know, whatever disease, and certainly mm-hmm. we want people not to have those diseases, but at what cost and, and holding right. to God's word, they're not going to understand. They're going to hate us even more. Yeah, so prepared to be very different. Yeah, once you, once you know. To have a better life and not to have to raise a child. Years old. Say, it'll be the same thing for the mark. Don't you want us to be able to charge? You know, you have to get the money out of the criminal's hand and put it on there, and we can have boy everything in your. We, they, they can all sound good, but we have to draw a line in the sand now. And so it's my job to warn you to put the information in your hand, and you make the decisions. Yeah, and again, I'm not against medicine. I'm not against things that are out there. It is a fine line to walk, and but draw lines yourself and know and, and be prepared for it to be different. Well, there's something else because it it is a time, and it is and it is out there, but but. We need to be prepared. Oh, I was thinking, that was going on in Genesis 6. If that's the same thing, the mixing of kinds, that God's like, I will not strive man. He sends a flood and wipes them out. He says in the last days, it'll be like the days of Noah, where he comes down, and we know we've just recently spent two half years, whatever it was, going through the book of Revelation. It's not a pleasant time to be here when God pours out his wrath, and finally we know that he'll, uh, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard judgment. If we love our, our enemies, let alone loving our friends, we would warn and, and then tell them about it, and that's what he's called us to do. And again, they say, you want to know where we are in God's eschatology? Look where Israel is. And they're in the land, and they're fighting for their <laughs> existence. Yep, and so, uh, boy, uh, lots to take in tonight. There, I'll have nightmares. And, uh, but let's, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I just um, thank you for this time we've had to come together. Lord, I thank you for the warnings you've given us in Scripture. Lord, I'm glad that in Matthew and in Luke, you tell us to go back and study Noah all the more. You told us specifically the days of Noah and go and look. They were marrying. You're saying it in a kind and nice way, but, but what was going on there? And, and what were they doing to, to modify it? And, and, and Lord, just the stuff that you just finally had to say, Noah is perfect in his generation by your grace. And Lord, that you preserved mankind. You wiped it all out and started again. And Lord, I think it shows your loving kindness that you've stopped it and held it in the check that it is. And Lord, but you've also told us in the last days it would be that way and that we would see these things and that your people would be aware. Uh, Lord, I think of other things that we've been protected by. And and Lord, I just thank you for your loving kindness, but it's those who read your word and study it. Help us to read it, Lord, and 
We need to read the things that are going on around us, Lord, but uh, I don't want to read the Bible or read the newspaper like it's my Bible, Lord, but I read the Bible and I can see these things that are going on. I need to be aware and I need to warn. And Lord, just give me a mouth. And, and Lord, just help us as we make these decisions as Christians and Christian families, Lord, that we'll stand for you and we'll trust you. And Lord, I just pray that you'll just let your light so shine before men. Lord, we just pray that uh, you would come quickly, Lord, but we pray that we would uh, warn as many as we can. Lord, we just love you. We praise you and we look forward to that day when you'll call us together to meet in the air, Lord. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.